0: The consent thing gets longer and longer every time. Like now it's like a paragraph block.
1: It's like this big. Pretty soon it's going to be an end license user agreements worth. It's going to be like section 13.
0: (laughs) Yep. Spoiler alert. I'm not going to read that one either.
1: (laughs) Uh, Welcome back, everybody. This is Brian Widmer here with Michael Shear, and you're listening to Logic & Lore. Uh, And we're going to have a little tea time for me, afternoon Mm. tea episode. Um, mm-hmm. but you can join me from across the time multiverse, yeah, uh, where it's yeah. still morning. So, ch- cheers yeah. to you, man. What, what are yeah. you drinking there? Uh, this is Steez, which is the,
0: the dumbest name of a tea company. It sounds S-T-E-A-Z. like uh, yeah, S T E A Z, but they are delightful. It's lightly sweetened ice cream tea because I have this thing where I've I was a tea drinker shoot i think from when i was like 10 9 or 10 my grandmother would drink tea and so i would drink tea and i got a palate for it and of course as a kid you know i would put like seven spoonfuls of sugar in it and it would just be sugar caffeine water like ah um (laughs) and i feel like the more refined my palate has gotten the less i like the sweetness yeah and you know and i'll like you know dabble in black teas and there's uh you know green teas and white teas and there's i'm trying to think of the company it'll come to me um but their 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 tea is as strong as a regular cup of coffee oh excellent Um, is it like a mate tea no you would think right it would be i I always say mate like
1: yerba mate (laughs) But mate. Um, I don't Moda. have any idea well it's it's like a South American thing but I don't know if yeah. it's a uh, I don't know if the name is more of like a from a native language there or if it's mm-hmm. actually from you know like Spanish settlers or something so I don't know if it's like mate like no. you know Espanol or if it's mate. like something else but anyway yeah mm-hmm. you're saying some very strong tea
0: yeah, and it's called... I, I know what it's called. It's called the Blue Lady. And huh. I know that the tea bags are triangular. And that's the only thing that I know about it. But yeah, they're, it's lovely. It has a little bit of sweetness to it because I think it has berries inside the little sachet. Sachet. See? Now we're getting into the sachet.
1: Ratchet sachet. you need a, a Matin sachet. Matin sachet. Yeah, so... <laughs>
0: anyways way off base but it's it's delightful and it makes a really good iced tea and a really good hot tea and it keeps you kind of juiced up this is not that tea the steez tea is just iced green tea with lemon and ginger with a tiny bit of sweetness to it just the right amount that sounds
1: refreshing yeah i'm I'm doing hot tea because it's probably um 20 degrees colder here than it is out there at least Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh yeah it's just tension tamer celestial seasonings it's just you know grocery store tea mm-hmm. but it's good it's always been one of my favorites like a minty gingery citrusy blend mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. good fun. so yeah um well speaking of i mean we might talk a little bit about uh staying healthy as educators mm-hmm. either in this episode or in another episode to come um but part of uh, what we're doing today, partially because it's Thanksgiving break-ish, mm-hmm. even though I still have sessions in an hour, um, <laughs> we we uh, are having sort of a, a more relaxed chat episode, chat over some tea. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're probably going to just touch on a f- couple of things that just came to mind that we talked about before the episode. And one of those things may end up being uh, just teacher health. And I'll just say right now, you know, I've been trying not to drink, uh, more than like my usual half a French press of coffee uh, mm-hmm. in the morning. I'll give myself bonus days, like on a Friday or something when I'm chilling out. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I'm trying to stay away from totally getting jacked up on caffeine. Um, <laughs> and this is a caffeine free tea. So that nice. I, I find is really helpful. I, my body wants the, the coffee in the afternoons when I'm feeling yeah. droopy but mm-hmm. it doesn't actually help it's all just a lie in my mind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, one yeah, of the you get into one of patterns. the f- Yes, absolutely. So it's one of the few habits and patterns like I'm trying to break recently to kind of keep my brain and my body fresh for my students mm-hmm. cuz I tend to see them in the afternoon slump mm-hmm. all the way till past dark and I don't really need to be, you know, fizzling out for those kids. So Mm-hmm. um but we could talk more about that possibly this time possibly next time um wanted to talk a little bit about something that you are going through at your school yeah yeah so what's up? yeah
0: i feel uh, so it's it's wild because every teacher almost every teacher that i've been talking to recently has been mentioning we always use that like horrible, you know, metaphor of teaching and the school year as a marathon, right? Where it's pace yourself, pace yourself, you know, this is a it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's right. another adage and not a truth. It's um whatever whatever it is, you know, this year I I kind of said to one of the teachers I said This doesn't feel like a marathon year. This feels like a series of 5Ks where we're all just trying to get through to the next vacation, right? (laughs) Um, It just feels like a death march. Like when you look at, and there's this like very famous graph of like uh, a peak in a valley. And it talks about like at the beginning of the school year, like you're totally amped up and you're ready to take on the world. And then right around this time, you're in like the doldrums yeah in the bottom of the roller coaster and i feel like that's even more so this year and i feel like a majority of the teachers that i'm talking to like i said i want to say everyone but i think like of the 30 teachers i know personally i think 28 of them have mentioned this and i think the other two want to but they're too prideful to say it um is they don't shots feel fired, like they're
1: what's up? i said <laughs> shots fired you too i hope you're listening <laughs> yeah, you know who you are, You of Donnas,
0: Jake and Stephanie. <laughs> I just made that up. Classic Stephanie, am I right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the they don't. You know, these teachers feel like in the past, by this point, they've had more control of their classrooms and they've had more understanding and more. They they know the kids and they've built, you know, you start building the relationships at the end of August, and by this time mm. they're they're starting to bloom, right? Okay. And that's true, I think, from what I'm seeing. But the other thing that I'm seeing that's problematic is that teachers are still and I, I think they're breaking that now, but for a long time they were trying to ascribe things that have worked really well in the past every year since pre-covid they're right. trying to apply that to this year's students and that's not not feasible
1: S- same kids different different world
0: yeah it's yeah. they're just they you know i i've made the joke that they've become feral in the last year and a half but it's true like a lot of these kids are wildlings and <laughs> they come back to school and the teachers do the, like, I'll hold my hand up. I'll wait. And all the kids are like, F you now, granted I work with high school kids. Right. So this isn't, this isn't like, like two year olds that are like throwing up, you know, a middle finger (laughs) to the teacher. but like, uh, maybe they are, I don't, I've, I've heard horror stories already. Like I've heard about like fighting and kids not like, not knowing improper physical contact be it like hair pulling Mm. or slapping or pinching or pushing or punching or Mm. all of these things and again these kids have lost a year and a half of progress right and even in our most general students and I think you like there's of course there's a study and I think it was like maps data maybe but one of
1: maps or something no no no
0: no there's academic there's what we call maps testing every oh, year
1: well and it's great. <laughs> sorry
0: yeah Google maps? yeah you yeah, know Google what maps. i'm talking about
1: there's kilometers and stuff <laughs> they uh <laughs> we saw that they sat in one place and went nowhere mm-hmm. we didn't even tell
0: us that You can zoom into their street and you can like <laughs> wiggle it around no so the maps data is meant to maps data. It's a data like Star Trek. Um, so the maps, yes, the maps. Mate, sache, sache. Data <laughs> combo breaker. They, <laughs> they, they're meant to chart learning progress. And so every year, these kids take this test. That's a no, no stress, no. You don't really study for it. It's, it's just meant to show where you are on the continuum of grade level students, your age and what percentile you're in. And it's
1: reading, writing, and math. And that's okay. it. So it's like a progress monitoring tool pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that shows us, you know, what,
0: what we should be worried about areas of concern, but we do that the first, I feel like we do it the first month of school and somewhere in the last month of school yeah. or sometimes i think they do it in like january february regardless uh,
1: yeah because yeah. the, there's benchmarks. kids out here that do the same thing it's a star renaissance uh mm-hmm. test and it's like it's just a screener but it's for reading and math and it's just like let's just it's standardized and everyone does it, they get on the computer yep. and they just do it. And it happens yep. like every October and February and just make sure that nobody's slipping through the cracks in any of those areas or, you know, masking some kind of an issue. So yeah, right. I get what you're saying.
0: Yeah, and it's, so it's, we can kind of pull this up and it's, it's a great tool to use in conjunction with anecdotal data of what you're seeing in the classroom. And I love using it for IEP reports for triennials because, Sometimes when we do, harkening back to our last episode, when we do what's called the triennial evaluation, it's the kids do a battery of IEP tests, of not IEP tests, of Woodcock-Johnson academic and social-emotional testing, and then we aggregate all that data. And what we found is sometimes kids don't want to take a test. Sometimes <laughs> kids are
1: squirrely, like they're... Yeah, shockingly, every now and then those tests are just meaningless for reasons yeah. beyond your control. but <laughs> yep. no, we didn't do an episode on that, did we? For like two hours,
0: <laughs> right? No, it's but it's good, you know, having stuff like the maps data and having anecdotal data because I can show, even though maps doesn't show growth, I can show growth in their work that they've submitted so far this year and right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. All that to say that we've noticed kind of across the board, about a half grade backslide of Mm. learning and comprehension. And for some kids it's only like a percentage point or two, which Mm. doesn't look big, but we're kind of seeing an inverse where previously we would see kind of a consistent growth pattern. If a kid likes math, they're going to consistently do well in math. If a kid has challenges in reading and writing, we're going to kind of consistently see challenges in reading and writing. Like it's, it's no duh, right? The challenge is now that even the kids that like tried their heart out are still showing a little bit of a backslide in skill acquisition and retention. Hmm. Which, what does that show us? That shows us that Number one for most kids, online school doesn't work because there was an accountability factor. There was, you know, when you're actually in classes, the teacher can see you, and the academic coach sees you, and the ed specialist sees you, and we are noticing when you're not paying attention in class. We notice when you're falling asleep. We notice all these things. But when you're on Zoom, and you say that your your uh, camera doesn't work, for example then we're talking to a black square and unless we hear audio in the background you know like a spoon clinking on a dish or something we're like are you taking notes or are you eating soup
1: mm-hmm. <clears throat> i would like, have been fired fun. already because there's <laughs> lunch happening in the kitchen just over here <laughs> right <The laughs> and cafe. any of our listeners it's it's the cafe yeah it's the Woodmore cafe the Woodmere cafe <laughs> I actually kind of, I'm kind of amused by the fact that there's going to be some ambiance. I like that. It makes it seem like I'm at a coffee shop somewhere, like in New York city, doing this podcast, which is something I would never do (laughs)
0: outside your comfort comfort zone or whatever, venturing into the world.
1: Yeah. Well, city is blah, not, not Mm -hmm. a fan. Um, So, um, I mean, I, I don't think it's surprising uh, right. To anyone who's been paying attention and who's in in our industry, that you'd be seeing this kind of a backslide in mm-hmm. some places, or it's kind of weird because you think of it like a backslide, but in some ways it's almost like um, incomplete growth rather than mm. backsliding. Like if you're expecting if it if you're talking about grade equivalencies or percentiles, mm-hmm. then what we're saying is. Um, you know, a grade a great equivalency doesn't stay static. It, it's saying as you age or age equivalency or as you go up through the grades, mm-hmm. you should see a certain measure of growth and it varies. So you have a range, but you know, everybody should see some measure of growth each grade. And what you're telling me is that, that measure of growth wasn't as large as you would expect. Right,
0: or uh, as, as large as it had been traditionally. In previous years right because you can literally track it for students that have been there long enough yes exactly right and so now what we're seeing is for example last year i worked with this same group of kids in ninth grade and now they're in 10th grade and yes in ninth grade we had a few instances of small group support where i would have i think no more than like 12 kids at once but for our kids that were having really really huge challenges either being able to access curriculum at all i mean some some kids have the lowest tier of wi-fi Mm. so they literally couldn't they, they could either speak or have their camera on but not both right because it would you know crash their their system and so we invited some of those kids into the building and you know again with our six foot six foot separation and masks and mandates and all that kind of stuff. And those kids got a little bit extra of a push start, which is great. But for a lot of our kids, I I traveled from ninth grade to 10th grade with this group of kids Mm -hmm. and a lot of these students now are suddenly having new behaviors are coming to light. And a big reason is now we can notice we're at a place where we're physically seeing them every
1: day. Mm. Not that they didn't exist before, but that maybe they were always there and you just weren't in close enough contact to realize it.
0: Yeah. I mean, the black square is really hard to get a read on, <laughs> right? And black squares, terrible behavior. <laughs> yeah, terrible. There's just names, there's just a name and white writing. And, But yeah, it's so what we're noticing, I mean, it was wild in the first two months of school. I think we had three suicide attempts. We had five suicidal ideation conversations that were said, Um, you know, we did a handful of risk assessments and Mm. a lot of that 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 comes with the territory. And that's sadly that's to be expected. That's kind of the, the world that we're in right now. But I've noticed this sharp, sharp, sharp uptick in that of kids saying, like, I, I had a kid say to me, verbatim, I don't think I'm going to make it through the school year. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It feels crazy. And it feels, you know, right. I, right. I thought he was speaking metaphorically. You know, right. Just I, like, I ah,
1: we're in the doldrums. Right. God help us. Right. And
0: his response was a very quick. I always thought I would see 16. I was excited to learn how to ride a drive a car and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, now we're in risk assessment territory. Okay. Right. And Click. then you have to pull it. Yeah. And then you pull them out and have a conversation and, you know, see, sometimes you have to kick it upstairs as well. Obviously you always have to kick it upstairs because of a mandated reporter thing, but right. you know, is it the
1: kind of thing where, yeah.
0: There, it, it's like-
1: just, Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I get what you're saying. Trust to contact. Right. Yeah. Contact
0: parents Uh, and admins and counselors. And, you know, there, there were people that got, like, hospital visits and all of these things. I mean, this wasn't a I'm bored and I want to kill myself kind of thing. It was like, no, here's my very specific plan. Here's this. Here's that. And we're just like, oh. All that to say there seems to be a lot more of that recently. And I think a lot of it is because suddenly kids feel like, and this is every kid that I talk to, is there like this year feels really hard. And I said, cause it is like historically ninth grade is a big step up for kids because they go from eighth grade where the teachers are like, don't forget your homework. Here's your homework sheet. Here's this, you know, like clip your mittens on your coat, like kind of thing. And you come to ninth grade where the teachers are like, figure it out. I don't know. You know, Yeah. Not, <laughs> not that. That's such a generalization because a lot of our teachers are very nurturing and very sweet, but there is a piece of you are now responsible for yourself.
1: Right. You've already right. been through middle school and, and that's sort of the, okay, figure out how to be responsible because you're going to have to next year. So. Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, they crash, they crash a lot. And I I liken it to a kid riding a bike without training wheels for the first time, you know, like you are going to fall. And the measure of how you come back from that is, do you develop strategies so that you don't fall again? And if you do keep falling, that's when I step in. Right. Right. And I, I take, two pillows and I duct tape them around you and I'll give you like an extra helmet and some knee pads and elbow pads. Now, um, <laughs> I'm like, if you're going to keep crashing, here's some safety equipment. But obviously the main idea is we want to give you the support so that you can ride your bike on your own. And sometimes that takes a couple of years.
1: But then you have... What ninth grade, so for anybody listening, I don't know, you know, if I leave this episode up for several years, um, the historical context might get a little lost. So, if, you know, if anyone listening after the fact, we're mm-hmm. talking at the end of 2021. So we're talking about ninth graders who were in the 2020 to 2021 school year, which was just full of staying at home, online instruction, all of that. So if that's your freshman year, Um, And additionally, whatever other personal challenges you might have had going on. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not exactly a good. I want to say first impression, but that's not that's not what I mean, like setting the expectation for this is how high school works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That was that's not how high school works. That's just how it, ha- that's just how it had to go when everybody was just trying to make, keep, keep it moving forward, figure it out. <laughs> keep yeah. it all all together. So, yeah. um, so now on the other side of that, actually coming back in person, actually being met with, Oh, but you're 10th graders. You should know by now. Right. No, I don't. I, I just don't think that that's completely realistic. Yeah. So, and that's, um,
0: And again, that's a lot of these teachers are kind of ascribing their 10th grade experiences historically to why is 10th grade not working out this well? And the answer is it's because it's not 10th grade. This is a lot of, for a lot of kids, this is their first time in the high school. And with all of this freedom, you know, they, they haven't, uncle Ben has not spoken to them yet. Like with, with great power comes great responsibility. Like they they now have this freedom and they're just like, bah! because there's minimal oversight. There's, you know, so kids will go to the bathroom and realize that the teacher's juggling this other group of kids who, you know, on their own, even the best kids have had behavioral challenges at the yeah. start of the year. So that teacher has their hands full monitoring and establishing behavior patterns and then you realize that this kid has been in the bathroom for 15 minutes for 20 minutes and then you know i'm i'm trying to call her to get her attention and then you found out that she left school and she walked a quarter mile up the road to the like nice chill out field that's nearby and then you have dad calling and going hey i'm here to pick my kid up like it's this whole like we and knock on wood, all of these situations have have worked out in the long run and parents understand. But kind of the big the big scope of this episode is a lot of these teachers are like, I don't know what to do anymore. And what I'm seeing working really well is reestablishing norms in the classroom every. Fricking kid now permanently has their phone open. Kids are walking around with those like portable battery things. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, it's the rule, not the exception. And they have their own chargers that they're bringing in and they're, you know, they'll, they'll be in the middle of talking to you and they go, oh, I have to go charge my phone. And you realize that the entire time that you've been having a conversation with them, their phone's been open And Clash Royale, I think, is the new game that all the kids are playing. Um, God, I sound like such a grandpa when I say that. But Mm -hmm. Clash, some sort of phone game, and they're playing against each other in the same classroom. So it's like couch co-op, Yeah, and nobody's paying attention. Or uh, uh, probably 40% of the kids in the class are paying attention because... This is boring and phones are fun. Right. And And, and you, as a black square, you could get away with that. Yes. And that's, and that's exactly what it was, is even if they had their cameras on so many kids, you would see with their eyes down in zoom because while the laptop was open, their phone was out in their hand and they were making TikToks. They were playing Clash Royale. They were playing among us. They were playing, you know, all of these things and now for the last year and a half they have equated learning with being able to do fun things too
1: yeah because the actual objective is boring Right. uh uh, i want to take a quick pause for a break um and when we come back i have a question about what you guys are up to uh with the cell phone usage so we'll be right back yeah All right, welcome back, everyone. This is Brian Widmer with Michael Shear. You're listening to Logic & Lore, and we're just having a little Thanksgiving week tea time episode, which is really nice uh, before I start my afternoon shift. Um, And so talking about cell phone use in the classroom, some habits that have been developed over 2020 and beginning of 2021 by students who are away and now they're back and they're just hooked into their cell phones, not only uh, individually, but as a collective, like this hive mind of 10th graders that um, yeah, just didn't have any rules for the past year or so. So what, what are you, I mean, you're not even a classroom teacher, right? So you don't, do you even get to go into a classroom and be like, but this is Michael Shear's classroom and you're mm-hmm. going to play by my rules or do okay. you have to rely on the teachers to do that? Well, that is a really interesting
0: question because I, so I have, there, there are two teams that I'm working with this year and one team very clearly spelled out expectations since Mm -hmm. day one. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, they did this thing, which I thought is amazing. And I think if more teachers did it, it would be incredible and it would make kids feel ownership of the space they're in. There are some teachers that will not, uh, let go of that power. And that's kind of disappointing, but we did something where we co-created norms and day one, we asked the kids, we said, what makes a good student? Hmm. Like what in your mind makes a good student pays attention, um, okay, what makes a good group member? And so we mm-hmm. had those like giant tear off sticky sheets and okay. we're like, what makes a good student? What makes a good group member? Um, and what, when, when you're communicating, what is, what's, what's a best, I hate the term best practice, but what's, what's something that you as a student helps you through the day. And so we made these three things. We did it over two days, Right. And by the second day we said, okay, so we are seeing this consistency across all three. So uh, no talking when the teacher's talking and then the kids come up with it on their own. Right. It's not you leveling rules down on them. Right. And, and then when a kid's screwing off, you can point to the thing that you have built together and you're like, Hey man, Like you, we all agreed that this is what we're going to do. Like we didn't ratify it until we were all in agreement. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so that was, that was helpful. And I think that one of the, like the kids identified, the kids know that they have phone problems. And so their thing was no phones out except during open work time. And Mm -hmm. even then only for music. So like the thing that, always surprises me every year and and yet doesn't surprise me is kids want structure Mm. as much as you think that they don't. And as much as they think that they want to be on their phone, honestly, it gets boring after a while, like doing your own thing. I mean, I would see it with kids that last year were on a teaching team that had zero structure. It was like, you you want to do something cool? Okay, that's your plan for the semester. So make it happen. And the kids would come in at eight a.m. and by like nine forty, they're like, "What what do we do?" I'm <laughs> like, okay, where's your project at? Like, what's your plan? What's the this? What's the that? Yes. And there was a student teacher that was like, "Okay, let's structure your ideas. Let's do this tier process. Let's do this like, and again." Yeah. We structured their day. And once their day had structure, suddenly the buy-in is there again.
1: Right. That's but, true. Yeah. yeah. I, I have, I not to cut you off, but I have a student that yeah. I work with more as a coach. Uh, just I, I'm done doing heavy lifting kind of work with him, like intervention. Yeah. But um, he, in his marking period, last last marking period, um, he got all A's except for this engineering class. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, what's the deal? You know, I, I'm not going to harp on you. I'm not going to say, oh, I, I need you to get an A in engineering too. Cause you know, I'll let you be a little lopsided, but how can I make it easier for you? I don't want it to stink and then have you failing on top of it being hard. Like, let me yeah. at least make it easier and then get a C. I don't care, you know? Yeah. Um, but he was like, well, it's, it's self-paced. It's self-guided mm. curriculum. And right. I said, well, you have self-guided curriculum in your math class. How come you have an A in that? Is it just because you like math more? He said, no, it's because she still will come in and say, all right, to be on track, you should be doing this. It's your choice if you want to work slower or faster. If you want to save it all up and do double work next week, you can. But here's, right. here's the, I'm the pace setter. And if you do this, here's a checklist. If you match mm-hmm. that, you'll be good. So there is structure if you want it, but you can right. deviate from it if you choose to. And mm. so there's that balance of choice and structure. For him, it worked great in the math class, engineering class teacher rolled up and was just like, yeah, so here's all the work and uh, end of the marking period is here. Right. Okay, you know what to do. <laughs> and it's like, no, he got a D. <laughs> yeah. And he even said... I hate, I hate self-guided class. I just hate it. it. It sucks. It doesn't work for me. And he can't articulate, I really need structure to be successful. But that's what he's saying to me in his own words.
0: And that's, I think that that's true of 99% of students, high flyers, kids that have challenges. Like it's, you, you chart out expectation and you give them a roadmap and uh, there isn't one kid that i've ever worked with that didn't benefit from front loading mm-hmm. and from explaining expectations yeah and it's the challenge is that one of these other classes is like well you could you know in your heart that we would prefer you not to have your phones out And if that's the choice that you make for the thing and the kids are like, okay, cool. That is the choice I am making clash of clans or clash Royale or whatever. Yes. Choice made. Thank you. And then we're looking at like a significant dip in grades across kind of across the line. And part of that was, you know, all these teachers are like, Oh, you know, they're not having a buy-in, they're not having this, they're not having that. And this goes back to your question is how do I, as an ed specialist, who's charting learning trends, how do I enforce that in a classroom? Mm. And it's simple. When I met with that group of teachers, I was like, okay, here's what you have to do. Take two days, rip out all the stitches, because Mm -hmm. clearly everything that happened up until this point hasn't been fruitful or has been fruitful for a handful of kids. So try this, get one of those phone pocket things, right? And you have a lot of kids that are in traditionally a level students that are in B and C territory, tell them every day they get 10 participation points, class participation points, just by logging their phone into the pocket. Right right? Just do that because you're going to have a level kids that want to be a plus level kids. You're going to have kids in the C and D range that this is free money, right? Mm -hmm. Like I had a kid going like, well, I can't give my phone up. And I was like, you're giving up free money. You understand that? Like you don't have a job. Okay. This would be like your boss saying every day, I'm going to give you an extra 20 bucks at the end of your shift, as long as you're not on your phone. Like, That's a no brainer. I like money and you don't have money right now. This is currency. And when you get good grades, you told me yourself that your parents give you extra money. You know, that's the whatever the intention or what have you. And so I'm, I just explain it like that to the kids. I'm like, you're just saying that you don't want free money. And here's the thing. When it gets to the end of the semester and you're still in the D range, there's not like, this is just a gift. This is free. All you have to do is put your phone away and, and you're going to be in the D range and you're going to be like, but why, why am I failing? Cause at our school, D's are F's, right? Right. Um, D's are failing. Yeah. So, cause it's a college prep school. And so we have these kids that literally you explain it to them that way. And they put their phone in the pocket. And then I do what we call an X block, which is like a study skills and academic support class. And I go full early Ermy in in front of the class. Every time I get up there and I go, what are my two rules? And the kids are like, no talking when you're talking or no, it's keep your voices down because people are working and no cell phones. And then I go, and what happens if I find you on your cell phone? And they were like, do you take our cell phone? And I'm like, yes. And then I go, and what happens if you refuse to give me your cell phone? He goes, you know, and then the kids are like, you take us to the dean. And then he takes our phone for a week and calls our parents. And I was like, does anybody have any questions? (laughs) And they're like, no. And I'm like, excellent, get to work. And I like and I'll say, you know, my favorite thing to do is I was like, if you are not working, you are pretending to work. If I can't make you a better student, I will make you a better liar. And both of those things will serve you in life, you know? Right. And the kids (laughs) laugh, you know, but the message goes through and not surprisingly, this entire system fell apart because two out of the three teachers that were working on that team did it. And the third one was like, well, I... I don't want to be hard on them after people have been hard on them for two things. And the key that, that we all know, and again, it's not my classroom, so I can't impose my will. And it is what it is. However, comma, there is something to be said about consistency. And if things Mm. are consistent and expectations are consistent across the grade, then you're going to have more buy-in because now it's structured across classes. Kids know, they walk in a room, you put your phone in the pocket or you put your phone on the charger. Or like, I have a kid that he was so mad. He was so mad when they brought up the cell phone thing. He was furious. And the teacher sent me a screenshot of the five emails that he sent her late that night. And he was like, this is punishment. And she's like, it's not punishment. He's like, fine, it's not punishment, but it feels like punishment. And He was super fired up. And I walked with him. I was like, Hey man, you're a smart kid, right? How can you think outside the box? If you have to put a cell phone in that thing, he's like, I could make a cell phone. I'm like, you could, he's like, I could 3d print a cell phone. I was like, you could. And he goes, wait, I have a phone in my garage. That's an iPhone two. I can bring that in and put that in the phone pocket because then a phone would be in the pocket. I was like, Tell you what, man, I like the hustle. I like your think, I like that you're thinking outside the box. So I'll tell you what, let's pitch it to the teacher. And if she's okay with it, we'll go for it. He's like, yes. And I'm like, however, the day I find you with your cell phone out in class, after you've put your cell phone away, it's immediately going to the dean. It's getting locked up. And it isn't until your parents come in to sign it out that you get it back. Cause I know his parents are very tough on him. Right. And I was like, will you agree to that? And he said, yes. And so I went and pitched it to the teacher and the teacher was like, you know, I, I didn't even want to do this. And I think I can trust you to keep your phone in your pocket. And I'm like standing over his shoulder doing big eyes at her. And I'm just like, no, we need structure. He needs structure. All of the kids in class need structure. And if, we start making these tiny concessions before you know it, we're back to square one. Mm-hmm. So all that to say consistency, set rules, co-create norms with your kids and then abide by them. And I think that nobody wants to be the bad guy and everybody wants to push that off on like the Dean or the assistant principal or something, but it's like, it you can know. And it doesn't work you can have people you, you can instill fear in students and still have them love and respect you. Like it's fear is an excellent motivator and fear doesn't have to be like, I'm going to kill your family tonight. Fear, fear can be, if you don't do this, then you are not in passing range. So yes. let's see how you can get into passing range. That's a fear tactic. Yeah. And you know, we don't want to call it that. We want to call it real world or whatever, but it's like, if you're already dipping your toe in the water, just jump in.
1: Yeah. Have, having to manage a team of instructors is not something that I really miss. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed training people, but yeah. a lot of times when, when I was working at the learning center, we would have, uh, it was one-on-one instruction. So it's one student at their desk for several lessons a day and mm-hmm. each lesson is a different instructor so they have a rotating team so instead of a student mm-hmm. going from a class to a class to a class to a class it's like no they stay there and we come to them but we rotate mm-hmm. okay. so a student might have four teachers in one morning essentially and i might be one of them but as a case manager or a mentor i might just be training the four that are working with them or not training them but you know, refining, professional development, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times people would come to us as, you know, instructional leaders They would come to us and say, Oh, this behavior modification isn't working behavior modification Mm -hmm. for anyone listening, being like a motivator designed to provide structure and get a desired behavioral outcome or, you know, extinguish uh, an undesired behavior. And my first question I don't know if you can guess it is if somebody comes to me and says, this behavior modification isn't working anymore. They don't care about it. Mm -hmm. My very first question is, is it being used correctly? Mm. And by that, I mean, not just by you teacher who came to me, but by all four people on that team, because if one person is taking it and going, eh, right. It's game over. (laughs) It just does not work. Right. Ah, so yeah. Consistency is so important. And it would be amazing for for me to come in and just be like, okay, let me try. Mm -hmm. And just be like, Hey student, here's how this thing works. Remember we do this and then you do this. And then if you do this, we do this. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of session, here's what happens. And then I'd be like, cool. All right. I'm going to try it. Teacher teach. I'm just going to do the behavior mod. And I would do the thing and give them the points, whatever it was. And then by five minutes, he'd be like, great, working out. Okay, teacher, you got this? Great. And then next session, I'd be there for the first five minutes with the clipboard. Mm -hmm. Hey, teacher. So here's what we're doing. (laughs) Next session, first five minutes with the clipboard. Like, are you busy at three? Yes, I am. I'll be with you at 3.05 because I need to be in that session. Right making sure it all happened consistently and like that was my job for a while but it was just like you have you can't there cannot be one person screwing it up for the entire team because they're they're screwing it up for the students too right Uh, anyway and
0: well and once that's the other thing is like you what what do they say the the swedish police or sweet yes swedish police strict but fair And I think that that's the way, I think that very often, because we lost so much of that relationship building and so much of that, I don't know, heart and whatever of the past year and a half, that I think that So many teachers are becoming the like permissive parent, the like cake for breakfast. Yeah, they're being
1: afraid the students are going to hate them. They're going to come back to school and they already hate that they're back in school and can't use their phones. And then if you try to be firm, they're afraid Mm -hmm. that the student's going to hate them. Right. It's just going to be the game over from the beginning. And yeah, but that's not how it is.
0: No. And it's okay. Here's the thing. It's okay to be hated. And I lean into that. (laughs) Like I'll walk into the classroom, like when I, (laughs) this is a true story. So I covered this teacher's classroom for like three days in a row, two days in a row, whatever it was. It was ridiculous because number one, you know, uh, academic coaches and any kind of support role person like myself, like an ed specialist can never truly cover a class for a grade level teacher. We can, but they can't pay it back. They can't, it's like a grade level teacher can be like, okay, I'll take your afternoon classes. If you take my Friday class kind of thing, right? Right. You can't, I'm like, can you go around and give specialized academic instruction to my kids? <laughs> to need reading help? Can you do that for me during your prep period? I know you're going to love it. You know, for my IEP and, meeting for me, would you? <laughs> oh my God, that would be a dream. If I could just offload that on other people, be like, here's your cue cards, get ready to cry. and so so yeah but i was you know i was in the class and i was just like i i was like so today I, i like walked around i was like you all know my cell phone policy and they were like that's not this class and i was like this class is no longer this class you are in my world now and the kids are all laughing and i was just like so this will serve as your first and only warning. I do not see your cell phone. If I see your cell phone and the kids are like, you take our cell phone. Like it's (laughs) this call and response thing. And I ended up, I was just like, I will make it my sovereign role to make a Jenga tower of phones. And I hope that all of you have the replacement guarantee because I'm (laughs) going to call your parents and tell them your phone's broken because you had it out in class and whose side are they going to be, you know, and it's funny and then at the end of it i go so uh i'm gonna pass around a comment card if y'all could let your teacher know how awful i was so a she'll never ask me to do this again and b uh you will all hate me
1: and Uh, so
0: good and the kids and the kids (laughs) were like can you come back tomorrow of course they were no joke hilarious it was just it was fun and, and I was like, you know, what did I say? I was like, if I have to tell you, or if I take your phone and, and you give me static, I will make you eligible for an upgrade. <laughs> and the kids are like, what does that mean? And I was like, if your phone gets destroyed, you are now eligible for an upgrade through your provider. And the kids are like, ah. and again, right. I would never break anything because I don't want to pay to, re- to replace it. Um, But it's all of that, like, it's all thunder, and they know it's all thunder, and no lightning. But do you think there was a cell phone out that entire period? No. 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 And I told them, I'm like, if you absolutely have to update your Snapchat, take that perfect selfie, or text that person back, and it can't wait till the end of class, ask to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Like, go out in the hallway, make the thing really quick and then come right back. But don't come back too fast because if you come back in four minutes, I'm going to tell the whole class you didn't wash your hands and then it's going to look awkward. So take it the normal amount of time, you know, and the kids are all laughing at that. And it's, there's just something to be said. It's like, you have to have humor. You can be firm, but you also have to be fair about it and you have to be consistent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think underneath all of that, as well is there's a sense that you genuinely care. Like even if it's masked under the act, like there, there probably is a sense that you genuinely care. Um, right. I would have loved to have you as like one of the team people because, uh, and I'll have to wrap it up here cause it's almost three. Um, sure. but w- one of the people like I could have on my rotating teams at the learning center, because, you would have had, uh, I could have trusted you to be consistent, first of all, with whatever it was that I was laying down, you would have done it. But then secondly, you would have brought that energy in so that people like me, that are more like quiet fun as my, uh, assistant director used to say, um, it's a perfect compliment because it's like I don't I don't naturally come in with that much like of a boisterous attitude unless I know I really have to layer it on thick right. um, or it's going to go really, really poorly. Uh, but mm-hmm. I usually am not that way. It's just not it's not my vibe. I tend to be more mellow. So but I still like to have fun and joke around and be a dork. Right. So I, I just would have it would have been so cool to be able to trade off like pass the baton and and be on the same instructional team with you uh because i could see it being really fun and going really well or like if i knew that you had had just been in with a student that i was seeing i'd be like this is going to be a good session like because i know he would already be in a good place
0: or they'd at least be like amped up energy wise because man there's nothing worse than having kids come into your class and then just be zombies yeah (laughs) And you're like, uh, now I got to get everybody going. Okay. Everybody on their feet. Let's do this. Moving your fist. You know,
1: I know, Uh, I know you're looking at Mount Everest just like, Oh, (laughs) but, um, well, uh, speaking of, of setting people up with good energy, I ha I literally have appointments in 14 minutes and I'm feeling great about it. So thank you for spending the time to hang out and, uh, you know, Get a, get a good start to my Thanksgiving week instruction here.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great. How about next time? Let's talk about health. I love that yeah. that idea because I have a bunch of great ideas and I'm sure you do too.
1: Absolutely. So uh, thanks for being here. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, I'm Woo. Brian. That's Michael. It's Logic and Lore. Yep. We'll catch you next time.
0: Yeah, buddy.